So what do y'all think about when you think about living water? And water's a pretty important thing. And there are, uh, as Jesse alluded to in the children's sermon, you know, there are a lot of people that can't just go in and turn on a spigot and have it run and run and run like that. But that's not what I think about when I think about living water. When I think about living water, there are a couple of things that come to mind to me in my personal experience. And one of them is the Grand Canyon. You know, that's something. Look at what living water can do, right? The Colorado River, right? It's amazing when you think about it. But the other thing to think about there is it didn't do that overnight, right? Didn't do that overnight. That living water was going for a long, long time. Another thing I think about is a swimming hole I got to go to when Rebecca and I were um, dedicated the church over at Hot Spring United Methodist Church. And And it's named Hot Spring United Methodist Church because there's a hot spring there. Go figure. Right. But it's just it's just drop dead gorgeous. There's there's a mountain range there and out of the mountains comes living water flowing down there. And then sort of like if the mountain range were the back of the sanctuary or the, the foothills of the mountains, I guess I should say, where they come up to the edge of the water there about where I'm standing, there's the hot spring and it's coming up so that water mixes together there and it's flowing and it's just it's just gorgeous our scripture reading this morning comes from john's gospel the fourth chapter starting at verse four but he had to go through samaria so he came to a samaritan city called sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well? And with his sons and his flocks drank from it. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them 
will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as those to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives the gift of living water to all who but will receive. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Wow. Where do I start? I'll start where I plan to start. I'm just saying, you know, and, and every time I read that passage again, there is so, so, so much in that particular passage in John. You know, John, wow, what a guy. You know, now, just, just before this incident, now, now remember, just like, what shall we say, Anthony Robbins, when he sits down to write a novel or whatever, or, or, or not Anthony Robbins, what's his name, Robbins? or any novel writer, John had a plan, he had a purpose. Now, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And again, we've discussed it. In the book of John, there are seven miracles. Right before John tells us this story about Jesus going through Samaria, what did he told us? He told us the story about Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews, who came to Jesus by night, right? Because he didn't want anybody to see him. He didn't want anybody to see him, that, they, that he was going to talk to Jesus. Now, verse 4 starts out there, so very, very interesting. What does it say? It said, he had to go through Samaria, right? Now, you don't have to go through Samaria if you know the geography of the, of the area there. And, and in fact, not every time that Jesus went from Galilee to Jerusalem did he go through Samaria. And Samaria, of course, is between Galilee and Jerusalem. It's sort of like San Marcos is between Austin and San Antonio, right? If you're going on that way, but that's not the only way to get from Austin to San Antonio, right? And, it's, and, and the only way to get from Galilee to Jerusalem, he could have gone on the east bank of the Jordan. You don't ever hear that term much, do you? You hear the west bank. Nobody ever talks about the east bank. But he could have gone on the east bank, gone down the valley there, ended up down there at Jericho, and trucked on up the mountain to Jerusalem. But the scripture says he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. John speaks to us on so many levels, but one of them is, you know, I think all of us have to go through Samaria too. Samaria is the metaphorically the, the parts of the world we don't like, the people we don't like, or, or moreover, the people who don't like us, our true enemies, right? Jesus told us to pray for our enemies to bless those who curse us. And look, he's doing it, right? 
He's not just, he's not just telling us to do it. You know, everything Jesus told us to do, we are capable of doing if we will. We could spend a lot more time on this, but I'm not going to, but I just want you to think about it. The scripture says he had to, and the way that it's written there, had to, the implication is that was God's will for him to go through there. And of course, Jesus was all about following God's will. In fact, he says something about it here in a little bit down. But also, he had to go through Samaria, not just geographically, for what was going on in his ministry, but also theologically, he had to go through Samaria, just as all of us have to do in our faith journeys. We have to question things that are presented to us and see what's going on. So he, he comes up to this woman, and, and folks, women didn't go to the well at noon. She was being sort of like Nicodemus. She went to the well at noon because that's when people didn't go. She didn't want to see anybody. She didn't want anybody to see her. And there uh, Jesus is sitting down by the well, and he says, give me a drink. And this is another place I encourage you to pray and meditate and think about this whole thing. Jesus is sitting there by the well. This woman comes up, and he says, give me a drink. Give me a drink. There's only one other place in John where Jesus says, give me a drink. It's when he's hanging on the cross, right? When he says, I'm thirsty, like he does here. I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. Anyway, something to meditate on during Lent, uh, those two times there. John didn't do anything accidentally. The Holy Spirit didn't lead him to do anything accidentally. And the woman says, hey, you don't have a bucket, right? You got nothing to draw the water with. After she says, you know, why are you asking me, a Samaritan woman? Because she knew good and well that Jesus was a Jew. He was dressed like a Jew. She was a Samaritan. And, you know, it's worse than T-Sips and Aggies. You know, <laughs> they don't get along. They don't get along, you know. Better to eat swine's flesh than to take a drink of water from a Samaritan. That's what the rabbis in Jesus' time were saying, okay. And he says, what if you knew who was asking you and you knew the gift of God? If you knew the gift of God. See, God gives us all living water. If we'll take it, living water that goes on and on and flows up from what inside of us. But anyway, after we have the exchange about the water, Jesus says, why don't you call your husband over here? Now, she tells him the truth, right? She says, I don't have a husband. Now here's another place, here's another place you could do a little bit of a Bible study and look into this. He's talking to a Samaritan woman. But I think John's slipping in something else here too. I think he's talking about the whole historical aspect of Samaria and the conflict with Judea. 
and what was going on there. Samaria was founded by good old King Omri. Y'all remember King Omri? Most people don't. But you remember his daughter-in-law, red lips, hair, and fingernails, right? She was a mean old Jezebel, right? Jezebel was Omri's daughter-in-law. Who was married to who? Ahab, okay? Omri had founded this part of Samaria there. But what happened? In 722, the Assyrians came in. Shortly after that, they sent in the Babylonians and then the Medes. And then who took over? The Persians. And then the Greeks. Sort of like five husbands. And the one she's married to right now, the Roman, isn't their true husband either. Anyway, file that away and think about it. Something to think about. And Jesus tells her, you know, he tells her what's going on. She leaves her bucket. Wow. The disciples come back. She leaves her bucket. And the disciples say to Jesus, don't you want something to eat? And Jesus says, no, I'm not hungry. I think he was excited. I think Jesus was excited at this particular moment. I don't know, I don't know, you know, we get such a sterile picture often when we think about Jesus and all. You know, we I mean, we don't, we don't, they didn't have YouTube in Jesus' day. You know, so we really don't know what he looked like, what his mannerisms were, or, or um, anything else. We know some things he did, and we've got some, we've got some preconceived notions, I think. I think Jesus was excited. Have you ever been so caught up in something you just weren't hungry? I think that's how Jesus felt about this. He was there in Samaria and he had talked to this woman and she was beginning to see the light. She was beginning to believe and she went off and he knew what she was doing. She went off to tell everybody else about what was going on. But he does say to his disciples, what? I've got food to eat that you don't know about. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. And that's what he was doing. And, and by doing that, like I say, he, he was caught up in God's will and doing it. And he really wasn't too concerned about food. Sort of like when we, uh, you know, we read the other week about his temptation, you know. And he told us what Deuteronomy 8, 3, you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Notice too, the first person that Jesus tells that he is the Messiah is a Samaritan, not a Jew. The people he was supposedly sent to bring salvation to. The people who salvation comes from. Only good thing John really has to say about the Jews in the whole gospel. Salvation comes from the Jews. Now, he says, my will is to do that of my father. Now he says, what? He starts talking about the harvest. Another time when he uses the, the agricultural metaphors that he's using there. And what does he tell his disciples? 
the time for the harvest is now, right now. He didn't say, you know, when I come back in the, in the, in the, in the future or anything like that, he said the time is right now. And, and what? That's what the Samaritan woman was doing. She had gone into town to tell everybody. She had gone into town to witness what had happened. She says, come and see a man. Come and see. Come and see. Well, friends, we are surrounded. We are surrounded. We are in a sea. We are in a field. Whatever metaphor you want to use. We're in a, we're in a bounce house full of little balls. You know, we are surrounded by people who need to know the gift of God and to know about living water. See, she didn't need her bucket anymore. She left it there. She left it there because, the, because now the water was coming out of her. She was telling other people about it. So as you meditate on the, these scriptures, and, the, and like I say, there's so, so very much in this particular passage of John, and you think about your food being to do God's will, and God's will is that none should perish, but that everybody should come to a knowledge of him. I guarantee you, you're going to have opportunities this week to give living water to other people. Go out there and do it. Tell them, come and see, for the harvest is ready. Amen.